Yo MTG Taps is proudly sponsored by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day. Use promo code YO5 to get 5% off your next order. Yo MTG Taps is also sponsored by CardHoarder.com, our go-to source for magic online singles. Be sure to check out the Card Hoarder Loan Program, a flexible, affordable way to play many decks online. everybody and welcome to another episode of yo mtg taps i'm joey pasco and i'm big head joe recording live from southern methodist university in the conference room <laughs> yeah uh so the the pioneer announcement monday was later than we expected so we had to delay our recording to today which is wednesday um so we have a lot to talk about we always have a lot to talk about that was kind of the point when we decided to release episodes every two weeks so that we would always have a lot to talk about so um, that's right I think what we're going to do, we're just going to hit hit our three main formats now uh, in in reverse order. I mean, you know, oldest format first being modern, and then we're going to talk about pioneer, and then we're going to talk about standard, which is technically the newest format. Yes, but I know what you meant by that. Yeah, card age, not actual <laughs> right, format age. Right. Standard is the oldest, of course. <laughs> it's it's reversed from that. Uh, anyway, um, that's not even reversed, but whatever. You get what I'm saying. Um, so before we jump into our topics, though, we do want to, as always, shout out our new patrons. Uh, we had two new patrons this this uh, this time around. We have Bill yes. Barnes, yeah, uh, Bill Barnes and John Farrow. Thanks to you both so much for your support of the show, and uh, welcome to to the Discord. Love having you both in there, and we've already been you know chatting for a couple of weeks now. I think because both both of these guys um, joined shortly after last episode, so they did. Um, very cool. Um, I have uh, uh, also, obviously, if if you want to support us, we have a Patreon. There's a link in the show notes. Check it out. Um, Do we're, it. We're going to be working on some more um, uh, levels of it so that we can give you all more than just like stickers and access to a Discord. But we did make it so that any patron has access to the Discord. And I think any patron gets stickers now. So, you know, we just we just really want you all to, to you know, be included in our in our little group. Um, it's fun. It is. A little group has always been and always will until the end. Exactly. Um, so, uh, next announcement that I wanted to make, which was kind of um, something that came about about a week and a half ago, uh, but it's seemingly out of nowhere. Because I don't. I mean, like, I was surprised because I don't. I don't. I don't remember you talking about. I mean, I remember nope. us talking about stuff before. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really never. I didn't mention it partly because you know you get ideas for things and you figure like, is this really going to happen? You know, am I really going to make this happen? And I just decided to just do it. It was uh, you know done is or yeah done is better than perfect is kind of how I looked at it, right? Like, uh, so I decided I've been thinking about t-shirt designs for a long time and not just t-shirts, but you know, whatever apparel, but mainly t-shirts, just kind of like fun magic related shirts um, of like random references to things that uh that magic players would get but maybe that doesn't 
isn't obviously a Magic the Gathering shirt. It's kind of like I wanted things that I would wear that are a little more subtle. Um, and uh, so I decided I'm going to just, you know, write down some ideas. I've been filling up a note notepad file for months. And um, and on uh, about a week and a half ago, I, I debuted uh, Draw Go Designs. I didn't put a lot of thought into the name, but it felt like it fit, so, <laughs> so that's what I went with. It's appropriate for a Joey Pasco uh, apparel shop, for yeah, sure. Yeah, so it, it makes sense. Um, you can check out uh, check it out. We'll put a link in the show notes. Right now, we've got Yo MTG Taps shirts for all of you uh, listeners, and um, a couple different versions of Taps shirts that that we have. One is uh, our sticker, you know, our main logo that's just YMTGT. Then we have the full Yo MTG Taps Make Them Have It kind of logo, and yeah. then we've got you know just something I thought was mildly amusing, which is Keep Calm and Make Them Have It. So that was <laughs> just kind of thought it was funny and made it available so the thing is this is through a site called spreadshirt uh i make the designs i upload them and they handle the rest which is what how it has to be for me right now i can't really take on more things uh so i don't i don't physically have the shirts if you run into me and want to buy a shirt i love that i will point you to to the website (laughs) to order it yeah um so uh the cool thing with that though is really I can come up with a design and create it and just kind of put it out there so that's why I wouldn't you know a design like keep calm and make them have it I may not have ever printed that myself like thinking, paid to print it right, right right I wouldn't have paid to, to order a bunch of shirts and uh, and put that out for sale because I don't know that's a very niche kind of thing but since I, there's really no cost to me past designing it the time I put into the design um, right I'm, I'm going to be doing this kind of stuff. So we're going to have all kinds of cool stuff. Um, right now, my best bestseller is a shirt that says elk on it. Um, and it is it is a pair of antlers with a little bit of a Planeswalker symbol reference in there. And, of course, that's a reference to Oko. Um, it's already sold uh, like half a dozen copies. So that's that's pretty cool. You nice. know, just just a couple. You know, it's not a lot, but it's something. I, I, and I love it. Uh, Getting so, out of the world. Yeah. So we can move on from that. Check out the... Uh, I just wanted to point out that, like... You know, when I have ideas that like never actually come to fruition, I put them in my like notepad app on my phone. And the and a couple here that I want to just mention real quick are Bleed Whacker, which is um, a uh, a movie about a killer uh, weed whacker. Um, Cletus DMX, which is uh, there's a DMX song where he's listing off all these different girls, but then there's also a clip of Cletus the Slackjawed Yokel from The Simpsons uh, introducing all his kids, and they'll come out on the porch. And I kind of want to put DMX's music in, saying all the girls as the kids are coming out on the porch. And uh, from the flop house to the chop house, which I don't know what the hell that means, but um, it rhymes. Yeah, so that's, there you go. That's all you need. Yeah, so that so yeah, so fortunately you actually have a uh, an outlet for your uh, ideas. <laughs> um, I just have my own thoughts, which are. Uh, tentative at best. Well, okay, it's a little trickier on. to it's a little trickier to to manifest those ideas uh, than just coming up with designs and making them in Photoshop like I'm doing. So, um, where's the reef? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so now into our actual topics. Um, we're going to kick off with modern, which I feel like modern has almost. I don't want to say it's like disappeared, but everybody is so hyped for Pioneer that people aren't really talking that much about modern lately. Um, but there was a breakout deck in, in Atlanta, 
Um, it actually kind of debuted the week earlier. Uh, Team Lotus Box, Zan Syed won his regionals with it, and then going into Atlanta, there were 22 copies of Oko in the top eight of Atlanta. Four copies of Simic Wurza. This is the deck I'm talking about. It's basically an Urza deck with Oko. It's Urza mid range. Um, yeah. And uh, even though the event was won by Grixis Death Shadow, which has come back into the format after kind of being uh, far under the radar for I don't know, like a year, two years. It's it feels like it it really wasn't a presence uh, for a while. But uh, I think but that's one of the it, coolest things about modern. It is. It's that great. Decks I love it. will drop off for months, and then they're like, all of a sudden, it's the best deck again. Like, right? Pretty fun. Yeah, and I think what it was was like humans became like a really, really powerful deck, and that deck is a nightmare for Grixis Death Shadow. So Grixis Death Shadow falls off, and then all these decks come out uh, lately that are kind of putting humans, you know, suppressing the humans deck, and so Grixis Death Shadow. Yeah, because there was nothing actually banned from humans, no. right? Like, no, like, it's just so, a metagame. So, you know, yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's a wide enough card pool where you know the metagame kind of has. The, the resources to adjust to a deck like humans. Now it did. It took a little while, you know yeah. what I mean, and it took some new cards coming out right. to make that happen. Exactly, but it happened. You know, exactly. so there was nothing because people were at one point going, "Oh, humans ban something from humans," you know, and then like it was like, "Or wait it out," and here comes another deck that's going to push it back down. You know, like tier one point five. You know, yeah, exactly. So. But just for a little while. I mean, I, I really just think that's one of the beautiful things about modern to me is that the format does uh, change so often, and you really can build a deck and stick with it. And yes, it's not going to be the best deck all the time. So if you're a person that always wants to play the best deck, you're going to have to jump around. But if you're a person right. who likes to be a specialist in a certain archetype, modern is a, is just the format i think and you you know your deck can can evolve as new cards come about but um but generally you you are you probably have a hundred i don't want to say a hundred cards but but like you can probably have a box full of physically a hundred cards you know you have a play set of a bunch of stuff and then just kind of change you know swap in some cards all the time i always used to joke about like patrick sullivan having a tinder box because i know he had like a box of just red cards and he would just Mm -hmm. build whatever mono red deck for whatever format he just had all the playable red cards in that box i have Um, a a box like that for standard it's it's strictly non-blue yeah it's just everything that's not blue there you go yeah (laughs) um so anyway, uh, I, I'm excited about this this Urza deck myself. This is the deck I'm I'm kind of building. I know I was talking about the Ascendancy deck. I'm sort of just on the uh, on the Urza roller coaster at the moment myself because right. I want to play Urza. I want to play Emery, and there are multiple shells that you can do that in. And uh, but I also kind of want to play Oko. So this is kind of why I'm landing in the same place um, as as I see this deck, and I'm like, wow, this is kind of like everything I wanted to play in modern because before this it was like I want to play Urza and Emery and so I'll play like the the paradoxical outcome version uh with with or without Jeskai Ascendancy but also I'm like I like Mystic Sanctuary and Oko and this Sam Black deck this Sultai control deck with Mystic Sanctuary just looks so much fun and uh, I basically Lotus Box they just shoveled the decks together (laughs) and made made a mid-range deck that plays Urza Emery Oko Cryptic Command Mystic Sanctuary you know like all the cards that I wanted to play anyway so uh, it's exciting Um, so that that's kind of like where I am on on modern right now but um the format itself is kind of out of the spotlight at the moment. Um, 
because of of Pioneer. But um, right. but, but before we jump into that, I think one thing I just was thinking about the thing with modern. We talk a lot, I mean, in every format about bannings, but Modern gets that kind of talk a lot because they are a little more aggressive with, with the ban list. And people say things like, you know, um, ban Mox Opal and ban Urza and, you know, ban Primeval Titan maybe or, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's ban this card, ban this card. Well, they did. They banned all those cards and they called it Pioneer. <laughs> That's yeah. basically what they did. At this point, Pioneer is essentially Modern without many of the the top cards ban arkham's astrolab right like <laughs> ban death shadow all these cards these cards that people have complained about uh ancient stirrings banned you know it's not banned it's just not legal but essentially they banned it um right. so if you really love modern except you hate all the top cards pioneer is the format <laughs> for you <laughs> Do you want to play a crappier version of a fun and diverse format? No. Uh, that's, that's another way to interpret that statement. But not crappy, I know that's not how you meant it. Less if you wanted powerful. to be Right, right. And I, and, I, and I actually do like that. I like the fact that Pioneer is uh, like a powered down version of Modern. I mean, this is right. the same conversation we had eight years ago or whatever when Modern came out, is that yeah. Modern was like a powered down legacy. You exactly. Know? But we've had that much time pass between the two. Um, that there are enough sets to make something like Pioneer. Absolutely. So pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, so um, you know, we didn't get to talk about Pioneer too much because we recorded the day they announced it. Um, right. Our last episode. So uh, the general thought process, I think, going into Pioneer with a wide-open format, and Sam Black, I think, put it really well. Basically, uh, if you don't think something in your Pioneer deck needs to be banned, you're not trying hard enough. Like, the, the victory condition at this point in the format is getting a card banned. If you don't think <laughs> your deck will do that, build a new deck. Related, how to build a Pioneer deck. One, find a card you think should be banned. Two, prove it. <laughs> so I, I really liked that kind of way of putting it, and um, and I think he's right. And we actually saw a couple bans the other day. Yeah. Um, they, they did say they're going to be very aggressive with the bans. And the three cards that they hit on Monday late afternoon uh, were Felidar Guardian out of the basically Splinter Twin combo deck. It's, it's Sahili Rai and Felidar Guardian. Um, and then Leyline of Abundance, which was kind of, I would say it, it was surprising because I'm sure when Pioneer was announced, no one was thinking one of the first cards banned will be Leyline of Abundance. I had to look up Leyline of Abundance to see what it did, uh, but uh, Leyline of Abundance was was banned because of its power in the uh, in the mono green devotion decks, the Nykthos decks. Nykthos. Yep. Um, and then we had Oath of Nyssa, which to me was a little out of nowhere, but I do understand what they're going with. Oath of Nyssa being a way to not only be a one mana uh, way to provide consistency which they, they don't like in modern. They don't give us ponder in modern, and this is the green ponder, as some people like to call they it. they do give you once upon a time, but anyway. They do, right, well, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, uh, and it also, here's the thing about Oath of Nyssa that I kind of overlooked um, is the fact that it really kind of fixes your mana. You know, it's, it allows you to play Planeswalkers for any color of mana, and they banned the Fetchlands right away and part of that was because they didn't want the mana to be so easy and so if you're going to play a, a card on turn one that now lets you play any planeswalker <laughs> like for any color of mana um that is something that that they don't want so i i do understand that and it helps your devotion account 
yes, it of course helps the, the devotion count. So that's for the mono green deck. But of course, the the Sahili Felidar, com, uh, Felidar combo deck was essentially also doing that. It, it was it's weird. So I I do have like a list here of like some of the early best decks. And uh, what I wrote down next to Sahili Felidar decks was, uh, it's like Simic splashing Boros <laughs> for Sahili and Felidar Guardian. But that's kind of what it was. Like you look at these lists, and they were like blue blue green decks, and then they'd have like red to cast Sahili Rai, maybe some Wild Slash or Harness Lightning, maybe, um, and white for Teferi to protect their combo and cast Felidar Guardian. <laughs> it was really like, it's a blue-green deck to splashing, splashing Boros. So uh, I, I think that the interesting... That doesn't sound like the format that the, that Wizards wanted when they made this. Right. Based on the, the original ban list of yeah, the Fetchlands. Exactly. They're like, we don't want mana to be so easy. Oh, first, first best deck is four color. <laughs> so, right. so something's up. Um, or this deck uh, that uh, Lawson Zandi... Yeah, uh, Talk Jeff about Sandy's that. son five owed with uh, during the first uh, data dump that we got. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bring to light deck, which I honestly I don't really understand bring to light that much. I mean, I understand it's a five mana spell that lets you search for something and play it for free, mm-hmm. uh, which you know is pretty good. But what I'm confused about here is that it lets you it's creature enchantment or something else or, or artifact, right? Or something like that. Uh, it's not Planeswalker, though. And this is a very, like, Planeswalker-heavy deck. It's like a Super Friends list, essentially. Yeah. It was running Oath of Nyssa. Right. Although, um, I believe I saw on Facebook, he said that um, at first he wasn't running Oath of Nyssa and that he doesn't feel like the deck ultimately needs it. Mm-hmm. But, um, but obviously, it, you know, it was an important engine uh, when he 5-0'd with it. Sure. Yeah, and it looks like he was. He's, it's also like an energy. He's got like an energy element of it, um, but really, like, so he's got Aether Hub in the deck, and uh, I, I'm looking for other energy cards, and I'm like, where? Why is Aether Hub in the deck? And I'm, well, it's a mana. It's mana fixing. It's, and that's it. Yeah, that's that's kind of crazy. I was gonna say he's got he's got to have something to take advantage of that energy, and it's really kind of uh, you know it doesn't look like anything. I'm looking at the list right now. Um, yeah, no, no energy cards that I see. Uh, so yeah, just the mana fixing, interesting. Um, but yeah, very, very cool to see a deck like this. And really, there are tons of cool decks right now in Pioneer. Um, but the the ones that got hit first with the bands are the like we mentioned, Mono Green Devotion. Um, so the thing we were talking about that over the weekend a little bit in the Discord because I saw someone playing in a, a modern challenge tweeting about how they felt like they were playing vintage. Um, they had something, uh, I don't know if it was like 20 mana on turn two or something like that. They played yeah, like it's a, wild. It was, it was completely unreasonable. Um, and I think that person, they went undefeated, won the challenge and then tweeted, please ban Nykthos or Leyline. <laughs> and so that's right. what wizards did. Right. Uh, I think once this deck kind of started to get a, a foothold and, you know, I talk about the uh, the person who that won deck the builder. Appara- Go ahead. I'm sorry, that deck builder apparently took Sam Black's words to heart. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And and this deck, I mean, it wasn't just this person wasn't the first person I saw playing it. In fact, most people I think saw it um, from Todd Anderson, who XO'd the PTQ until the finals when he lost to Simic Nexus. 
So he basically went, he ran the table with this deck. It was so powerful that his only bad matchup he faced in the finals. And really, you know, right. he was, if you, he was streaming it, <laughs> he was streaming the finals and he's like, I, this, this stinks, you know, like I have all these viewers and this is so exciting. It's been, been exciting to, to take this deck through the tournament, but he's like, I have no, this is a bad matchup. Like I have no chance here. Like he's, he, he you know, he's trying, but a deck that plays a bunch of fogs and then just, and, and then just casts, you know, Nexus over and over again. That's a very bad matchup for a creature deck. Um, yeah. so, uh, unfortunately Todd did not win the PTQ, but, um, but he did show the power level of this deck. And, uh, yeah, I think so. So I was not surprised to see something from this deck banned. I, you know, I think a lot of people might have thought Nykthos, um, that player who uh, their name escapes me, unfortunately. I did tweet at them. Um, and they, they did say that Leyline was, um, it, I think I tweeted that I, I thought Nykthos might get hit. And he wrote back that, uh, that Leyline might even be a better choice. So, uh, obviously, Wizards agreed, so I'm not surprised, or I wasn't surprised, to see that deck get hit. And I definitely Nick, go ahead. Sorry, Nykthos is generally like a pretty fun card. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and you have to really like build your deck around making it work. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you have something that's just going to really like abuse it, I mean, I guess you got to cut that. You know? Yeah. Um, we'll see. Like, if anything else, we'll see what the dominance of that deck looks like in a couple weeks. You know sure. what I mean? Um, but th- uh, but I'm glad that they left Nykthos alone because it is a really cool card to build around. You know? I agree, and and it's also it's not just for one deck. You know, it's it's for one style of deck. But um, right. but really, you know, yeah, mono green could play it. Mono black is playing it. You know, there are mono right. black devotion decks. There, you know, all these you mono- a big red deck. Right. You know? So there are a lot of uses for Nykthos that can benefit completely other strategies uh, outside of mono green. So I'm glad. I would have chosen Leyline if that were the, the choice. I agree with that entirely. And also, there's right. a chance they want Devotion to be a thing in Pioneer because we've got Theros uh, back from the dead or whatever coming up. I can never <laughs> remember the name of this set, Theros set. <laughs> um, but anyway. Uh, Theros Unbound. Yeah, Theros to the f- future. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so... Theros Secret of Use. That's that's the one. Um, but yeah, so we have Theros coming up, which was where Nykthos... Beyond Death. That's it, Beyond Death, not Back from the Dead. That sounds like a terrible name. Um, so Theros Beyond Death coming out, and Devotion uh, likely to, to show up there, and I think that might be part of it, too. That could certainly play a part in them wanting to kind of allow Devotion decks time to breathe in Pioneer and Are you maybe saying hit that, some, that... some enablers. What's that? Are you, are you saying that Wizards bases bannings on um, marketing? Yes. Hmm. Who would have thought? <laughs> and I, uh, on that topic, I think that's why they went with Oath of Nyssa over Once Upon a Time, because Once Upon a Time is in their most recent marquee set, and it's still in print, and they're trying to sell it, so they're, they're going to go, well, maybe Once Upon a Time in a vacuum is... is preferable to, you know, or is maybe a better choice to ban than Oath of Nyssa, but uh, it's close enough that we will let this balance the scale, or let, let this tip the scale, uh, the fact that Oath of Nyssa is an old card and Once Upon a Time is a new card. So I, I could see Once Upon a Time still being on that watch list, though. Uh, oh man, I, wizards, I can't believe you lack money, too. <laughs> um, 
the other deck being uh, that, that got hit the the Felidar uh, Guardian deck. I don't think anybody was really surprised at that because they first of all Felidar Guardian was banned in standard, so you kind of already think anything banned in standard is going to be a little riskier uh, in Pioneer, like as far as a risky card to to hang your hat on and and not expect it to be banned. Um, they don't want Splinter Twin in Modern. They certainly don't want it in in Pioneer. <laughs> so right. um, that kind of was no surprise to me, especially when you started seeing people actually succeeding with it, especially in a four-color deck that really wasn't... Did they ever... Go ahead. I'm sorry I keep cutting you off. Did they ever ban it in Standard? I don't remember. They banned Feldar Guardian, yeah. And no, it, I'm talking about Splinter Twin. Oh, Splinter Twin. You know what? I don't think they did, but I don't think Splinter the, the combo piece was there in standard. Um, no, it was. It was uh, Splinter Twin and the um, and, and the creature. Yeah, no, so Pestermite was not with Splinter Twin, right? Because it the, wasn't Pestermite. Deceiver it was the, um, Yes. Okay. Um, trying to remember. So Deceiver Exarch came out in New Phyrexia. Yeah, you know what? It might have been available in Standard, but it just didn't come together. It's hard to remember now. No, I played against it in Standard all the time. I remember um, a certain unnamed jerk face uh, used to play it all the time. Um, And, uh, yeah, and I hated it. It made me miserable. Yeah, it didn't dominate. I guess maybe that's kind of what I'm thinking. I know it was a deck, and I think maybe it was... It was a deck for not that long before a rotation, is my guess. Because think, Deceiver Exarch came out in New Phyrexia, which was the springtime set. So by the time... So if, if that deck came together, which I think um, nobody was like sitting there with Splinter Twin, like, let's wait until something like Pestermite gets printed again, and we're going to have the whole deck just together right out the gate. Like, I think it took a little little bit of time for the deck to actually come together. And then by then, it's just like, it's summertime. Uh, rotation is... You know, two months away, three months away, just leave it. Um, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure there was no no banning of anything in Splinter Twin uh, while it was in Standard. Um, but yeah, so that was that was no surprise. Um, and yeah, I think that that's the those are the three cards. I I, I was more surprised by Oath. Um, I really felt like obviously I kind of talked about it in the discord and it was frustrating to me because I I was deliberately buying cards in pioneer or buying cards for pioneer that I thought were safe. The only risky card I bought was smuggler's copter. I thought this might be safe. I'll take a risk. I'll I'll go ahead and take a chance on it. But everything else I bought, I felt was pretty safe. And oath of Nyssa was one of them. And, uh, so I was, I was caught off guard. I didn't expect that. And, uh, um, you were very, you were very enthusiastic about it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I did say this in the discord too. Um, I, my issue at the time was less about Oath of Nyssa and more about like, why are they rushing to ban cards that, uh, that only look like they could be a problem. I thought if they, on Monday afternoon, if they had come out with Leyline and, and Felidar Guardian and that's it. That's fine. Those two cards, those those are in two decks that are dominating. Start with that. If you are thinking about Oath of Anissa, wait a week. See what happens. Like, <laughs> But um, I also understand, and this is another part of the equation here that I have to recognize, um, Wizards released this format, and I think their thought process was this is basically just going to be on Moto for for the next couple of months so we ha- we can kind of just manage this how we want and it's not really going to affect anything major but when you combine that with the fact that standard is in the place that it's in and what the, place is that joey uh mm. 
<laughs> not a good place. Uh, standard is uh, is not attractive format to play right now. So you have tournament series like Nerd Rage Gaming over the weekend. Um, you know they were supposed to have a standard five k, and they had. Did they ever make? Uh, what's that? Did we ever get a follow through on that? Did they ever oh, yeah. make? Yeah, yeah. So so they were supposed to have a standard five k. They had two players sign up for it. Literal right. two players. That's crazy. Now, of course, 20 more players could have showed up at the door. 50 more players could have showed up at the door. That's still like low attendance for a 5K. Um, but what happened was players reached out and said, you know, we'd love this to be Pioneer. And they switched it to Pioneer. And it was, it, they ran it. So they had a Pioneer, you know, kind of a major Pioneer event uh, in paper over the weekend. Um, and then they had... Uh, then Star City announces, hey, we have this invitational coming up in December. Nobody wants to play Standard. We're going to swap out Standard and make it Pioneer. And that, I think that's awesome. That's like the right way to look at things. Um, if Standard's not popular, adapt, you know, <laughs> pivot. Um, and, and that's basically what happened here. But Wizards, I think, got caught by surprise. Uh, and now they're under a lot more pressure to manage this format more aggressively because oh no we have these paper events coming up you know it is star cities is probably the biggest event or big biggest tournament series outside of uh outside of wizards official tournament series definitely in in the united states and i would say the world because i i don't really know of any uh analog to star city outside of the United States that has like a, a tournament series that gets as many viewers. Now, of course, that's I'm <laughs> United or that States. Tours. Yeah, that tours that does this kind of thing. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, I don't know. I, yeah. Forgive me for not being aware of it. That is part of let the, us know if there are any. I'd love to check them out. Sure. Yeah. So so I'm thinking Star City is is one of the biggest tournament series that exists and if they're turning their event into modern and coming up in in like six weeks or whenever the invitational is i'm pretty sure it's december um actually wait it's mid-november i'm sorry it's like next week i'm thinking of something else must be in december i'm thinking of maybe one of the scg con thing i don't know anyway it's coming up even sooner so wizards has this pressure to to make this format like uh, a good format that fast now they they're going to do their best, I'm sure. But that's the reason. My, my big question on Monday was, what's the rush? And I think that's the rush. But I see. I uh, I have to disagree with you. Okay. I don't. I don't think that they're under pressure to make this a good format because if uh, if they needed to make it a good, if like, if it was a bad format, there wouldn't be any desire to play it. Like standard. Oh sure, sure. So sure. I think that the pressure is more on them to fix standard than to make Pioneer better. I think this initial round of bannings is all we need. I say leave it for the next couple of weeks. Let these two, like, what were the results of that tournament? Do we have results from the one that happened? Oh, the, the paper tournament? Um, yeah. You know what? I know. Because those were pre-banned. Yeah, they were pre-banned. I'm trying to remember what won, and I can't remember. Well, anyway. Yeah. But it already happened. Um, and there was already enough desire to play the format that they made that tournament on, like, two days' notice. Um Whereas, you know, the Invitational, we got a couple more weeks. Um, these are people who are already qualified for this tournament, so it's not just like a bunch of randos, you know, no offense to the randos, including myself, who show up for GPs and stuff and, like, and, and, and opens. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, like, you have people who have already earned the right to be there, who, you know, by definition would be more advanced players. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's the best place to just let 
them brew and let them play. Because, again, the desire's there. You know, you don't need to create the desire by molding the format into what you think um, it should look like because the players are playing. Yeah. You know, when you step away from a format, that's when you got a problem. That's when you got something to fix. Um, so I disagree. I don't think that there's any pressure on them uh, to ban anything, and I actually would rather they didn't just because I would like to see what um, some of the top players in the country do with the format with a pretty small ban list. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, I certainly agree with you. I, I don't want them to just ban for the sake of, of banning. Like, I, I don't – it was – I don't know what analogy I use, but it's like going to the doctor and being like, you know, my arm hurts. And they'll be like, well, we'll amputate it because it really could be gangrene. You know, <laughs> it might get infected. You know, it's kind of like, well, wait a second. Hold I could have just banged up. it on the door, doorway coming in. Like, I don't know, something stupid. Like, right, you really right. don't don't just cut things off when they're just potentially an issue. Um, but. Uh, yeah, so I don't expect any bans this coming Monday because now that they've already hit us with three and they're only, you know, they've got a week worth of, uh, of data to, to work with next Monday um, at lunch, apparently, because that's when they make these decisions. Um, <laughs> Monday lunches. Um, right. They will be, uh, I, I think we're safe from any bannings right now. Um, also, this weekend is the, is the Mythic Championship, so I think a lot of attention is going to be elsewhere you know on, on things other than pioneer um over this week now of course i'm they have different employees that probably do different things but just saying um i think uh i think that the fact that we've got a, a standard mythic championship coming up is really gonna gonna give us a little respite from any bannings this coming monday the, the important thing is um i do believe this monday is the last uh banning announcement prior to the scg invitational now that i remember cool. it's mid-november that lines right. up um so so all the players playing in the invitational really like would i'm sure would love to hear monday morning when they go you know what we haven't gone to lunch yet but no bannings in pioneer <laughs> you know, something like that get that announcement out as soon as possible because players need to test and uh right. and i think you know they have to keep that in mind but you know they're gonna do what they do um for real and, and if anyone's like curious like Everyone's been trying to search for an answer why, like, these bannings seem way more erratic. Like, Felidar Guardian, totally not banned. And the two days later, oh, yeah, never mind, banned, you know? Like, all these, like, it's like a slew of bannings, a slew of, like, really powerful cards coming out that some people feel are too powerful. Um, I just want to remind everyone, use this, use with this information and infer from this information what you will. But I just want to remind everyone that the first recreational marijuana shops opened in Washington State on July 8th, 2014. So <laughs> just just use, with, use that information however you choose to. I'm not implying anything. I'm just informing you about the history of Washington State. Yeah. Um, Correlation and causation, you know, there's a thing. There. Yeah. Not always a thing, but, you know, if you think it is, maybe it is. Um, <laughs> so, uh, anyway, what is this arena ravings? What okay. do you mean? Well, uh, just before that, I, I do want to mention, so right now, what I think are the top decks right now in, in Pioneer, I think Simic Nexus is the deck to beat because not only did it win that PTQ uh, online, it didn't lose anything. It's still, it's got... It's it's basically a port from previous standard, right? But it gets thing in the ice. It gets dig through time, which is incredible to find your nexus. You know, you, you we we would play Tamio and be like, look at the top four or whatever, <laughs> and dig through times, look at the top seven, um, and then you get other like 
cards to answer uh, to answer like you have like a cyclonic rift, which is kind of like another fog or uh, an effect that's just going to delay the outcome of the game. Um, Supreme will you get, which is a counter spell or uh, a way to dig for another nexus. So this deck I feel like is super powerful um, and can end the game quickly with Thing in the Ice, which I like, unlike some of the the nexus decks that we saw in standard. Um, and yeah, it's got Wilderness Reclamation. I mean, it is really like looking at an old standard deck that made some room for Thing in the Ice, Dig Through Time, Cyclonic Rift, and Supreme Will. Like, I think the deck is really powerful. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Nexus banned before this format really is is set. Um, the, sure. uh, go ahead. Oh, I'm just saying, I mean, it's pretty miserable to play against. Yeah, at least um, though with Thing in the Ice, it's maybe not as bad. It's kind of like, <laughs> oh, I see. You're going to, you can't. You flip your thing in the ice. You're attacking me. You're taking three turns in a row. Okay, I'm dead. Like it's not. It's not the nightmare. Yeah, at least there's an actual win condition in it, and yeah. not just uh, let's see if you can concede. Yeah. Before you die. Exactly. Like physically die. Um. Yeah. Um, I do think there are a lot more answers for it in Pioneer, so maybe they'll let it sure. go for longer. But we'll see. Um, we'll see. Yeah. The other. Another, and I like the we'll see method right now. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm saying like. We'll see. Let's see if it becomes dominant. Let's see if it's unbeatable. Yeah. Let's just not have one week of like one deck doing really well, not even giving the format time to adjust to that, and then just going and throwing bannings at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Too soon. But uh, but again, I think that I think that the the bannings they did were uh, minimal and reasonable, and um, and I get it, and I, and I and I I support it so far. But okay. You did it. You did it. Now, now back off. <laughs> you right. know, like, back off. Let it be. And keep in mind, like, like the Mono Green Devotion deck still does have Nykthos. You can still play that deck. It's just not the ridiculous oh, yeah. behemoth of a deck that it was before. Um, it's still a deck. You can still play eight one-drop accelerators with, like, Elvish Mystic and Llanowar Elves. Uh, you can play Gilded Goose if you want. You can play Arboreal Grazer, like, all the kinds of... The Goose is loose! Yeah. Oh, the Goose is definitely Sorry. loose. The Goose is even <laughs> loose in Modern. I mean, it's that's that's a big part of that Simic Wurza deck, being able to go Goose mm. into Oko uh, or Goose into uh, early Emery, copy of Emery, because making an artifact matters a lot in that deck. So playing a turn one goose gives you an artifact to enable metalcraft, you know, all that kind of stuff. So uh, it helps Mox Opal, it helps Emery. That's it, it's, wild. It is It is nuts. It's really, really good. And then you kill like, the goose I, and the artifact is still there. So it still enables I never that. even thought about the food token and metalcraft. And then when I heard people talking about it, I was like, oh, you're, wow, okay. Yeah. That's the thing. Unbelievable. Is like you, and, and the, the other thing is, because of the way the deck is built, it's not it's not built around having a repeatable uh, ramp spell like a Llanowar Elf, which every turn you can get a mana out of it. Like, and they kill it and you know bolt the bird or whatever it is you want to you want to do to the the accelerator. Um, it kind of cuts them off that mana. The thing is, the food token already enables metalcraft, and you bolt the bird, and the metalcraft is still enabled. The food token still does something, uh, not only making your Emrys cheaper and your Mox Opals work, but also padding your life total against burn or adding mana when you cast an urza <laughs> so like right. gilded goose is perfect in that strategy um and the, the, that's the thing like you don't need it, it's like once you get the urza on board you don't need your alana or elf or birds of paradise or anything right like you're not you don't need it it's like right so go ahead you you know i get one one uh activation of my goose 
to get an extra mana and then you kill it later like i don't care as long as i get one activation out of it fine so um anyway back to (laughs) back to other topics but since we mentioned gilded goose um yeah mono green devotion is still a deck and i still i think people might even think oh it's been nerfed so it's bad so i'm not gonna worry about it and then you can run over um Akethis combo is a deck that people were trying to put together, and Oath of Nyssa, I think, was a big part of that, and that really kind of hurts that deck because it's a legendary permanent, helps fix the mana, finds the pieces that you need. So that, that deck was already a puzzle. I think it's going to be uh, a little bit more of a puzzle, but I do think somebody's going to break it at some point. Um, is it Phoenix is a deck, and then that, again, is kind of, it builds itself. It looks almost like the standard versions with, with some extra options in there. You get Treasure Cruise, that's not a bad card. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing with Treasure Cruise is, like, it seems that, and Dig Through Time, both. Um, the, the Delve cards, they don't seem so bad right now. Like, the, the fact that we don't have Fetch Lands makes it work to actually get get things into the graveyard it's a lot more work you have to cast spells so treasure cruise great fit in in the is it phoenix deck um because that deck wants to put things in the graveyard anyway but yeah it's work to do it it's not it's not like modern where it was just you know just by chance everything just goes to the graveyard all the time you got fetch lands all over the place um but that that's a deck um but yeah those are those are the ones that i think right now are poised to be the decks to beat but i think there's a, a good argument for maybe like aggressive and mid-range decks to mm-hmm. to start taking over because they don't have to worry about holding up removal to like bolt the bird all the time because otherwise, you know, again, mono green devotion still a deck. I'm not saying saying it's not. I'm not saying you shouldn't bolt the bird, but the uh, but having to hold up removal for a felidar guardian or a, a one drop accelerator um, is not as important as it was, and so now you can kind of feel like maybe the the aggressive decks outside of um of some of the ones we mentioned are going to start showing up and i do I, there's been some really um cool red decks i've seen and in fact i was trying to look and see if i could build it this morning to, to bring yeah. with me to uh, this weekend to richmond one of the uh some of these just straight up pioneer burn decks with like bomat courier soul scar mage monastery swift spear it's like a whole bunch of one drops you get uh smuggler's copter that's the card i really want to play with um that's a deck and that's gonna catch anybody that's slow to start um it's gonna catch them off guard so i, I do like that you you should take a look at that nice. i think i haven't I, had a chance to i will i haven't had a chance to look at anything i've been so busy with school um so i have barely had a chance to play any formats i've been just jamming games of uh throne draft um, when I have time to play, yeah. uh, and I haven't, had, I haven't really looked at standard. I was going to go to the um, to the PTQ this past weekend, but I was sick, so I wound up skipping it. and I had to study for a test anyway, so I spent twelve hours reading a textbook on Saturday instead, wow. um, which that was really may have fun. Been preferable to playing against Oko decks all day, <laughs> right? Well, you know, and it's the funniest thing about that is two copies of Oko or two Oko decks made the top eight of that tournament. So, so just two. Uh, from what I. From what I hear, it was all over the place, but um, it didn't really like show up in the top eight that well. Yeah. Um, it was the it was won the 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 tournament was won by a Rakdos cat combo deck. So the um, the cat that the black cat I don't know what it's called. Uh, Not literally black cat. Um, I, now I can't. Cauldron familiar. Yes, Cauldron okay. familiar witch's oven. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
the um, the whatever devil that when you whenever a player sacrifices a permanent, uh, it deals one damage to any target. Mm-hmm. Um, Priest of Forgotten Gods, bunch of stuff, gutter bones, bunch of stuff that I have, which I'm very happy about. I haven't actually built it, but um, but I saw it. and I was like, cool, full four copies of um, of uh, for, um, what is it called? I don't know. Uh, passage, passage. <laughs> uh, oh, fabled passage. Fabled passage. Um, <laughs> I'm like, what? Which, as of this uh, conversation, is now twenty three dollars sold out um, on StarCityGames.com. Yeah, back when we were uh, saying, if you need it for standard, get it. If you don't need it for standard, don't worry about it. That doesn't apply anymore because Pioneer. You will need the fabled passage for Pioneer, and I think that's a big uh, factor here in its price tag. But I, but I did say that by the time Theros Beyond Death comes out. The card would hit twenty five bucks. I only I didn't say it on the podcast, but I said it in our in our Discord. I was like, "This card's going to hit twenty five bucks by the time uh, Theros Beyond Death comes out." And thank you, Pioneer, right. for helping my uh, prediction get closer to reality. Um, but yeah, I'm yeah, glad sure. I got them at ten. Uh, I panicked. I mean, you know, I like literally panicked the moment I saw it hit. Star City Games. I was like, I don't know what to do. I knew, I can't wait for it to hit cool stuff. I was like, yeah. it's going to go up in price. <laughs> I need to get four. And I'm like, I don't care if I have a discount. I don't care if the shipping's cheaper. I'm getting them from Star City because I want them ordered now. Right. <laughs> Shout out to our the sponsor, that, CoolStuffInc.com. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> where we get most of our singles, <laughs> if they are <laughs> hey, look, available. Just, Anything hey, look, you know, I mean, just because we are sponsored doesn't mean we don't shop elsewhere. Right. Well, you, uh, and, you know, SCG was very good to us for years. Absolutely. So, you know, no, always, always a lot, nothing but love and respect for them as well. For sure. Um, uh, so, um Okay, now tell me what this arena okay. ravings it's, thing is. I'm curious. Really, it just says reminder for me on our master file. And yeah. I'm like, I want to know, though. Tell me. Now it's a reminder for me to remind you. Okay, it sounds like the, by, the, by the heading, it's, it's, it sounds like a rant, but it's really not. It's just, I was just thinking, remember like a year ago when everybody lo- was like getting into arena and just raving about it? Every, every arena was awesome. Arena, I mean, us too. I mean, every, I include yeah. us in everybody. Um, mm-hmm. And some people were were pointing out, and I thought wisely so, uh, I hope this doesn't just have to do with the fact, like arena success doesn't just have to to do with the fact that standard also happens to be good right now. Because if standard is bad, how does that work for arena? Fast forward one year later, standard is awful. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know. I mean, are people, I, I would love to see the numbers for arena right now. Like, um compared to last year or maybe and i don't know if you uh compare the numbers of of games to the number of actual players that you know registered users of arena um because last year it was it was still an open beta but uh so the number of users was a lot less but and as far as like how many of those users were constantly playing it was a lot more i i would i would hope or not hope i would think uh right now i don't think anybody wants to play standard like really i i don't know anybody that's like excited to play standard i think there are people excited to play in the mythic championship this weekend which is standard but i don't think the that standard itself is the reason um no and- I, like so i'm excited to brew standard decks in a vacuum Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i'm really excited about the card pool available right now to me Mm -hmm. uh to brew um however i feel like the format is very much singularly focused on like one or two cards right um and i think that the format's very much like 
uh, homogenous and like not very exciting. But I'll be honest, like I almost I feel that way a l- more than most. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I I feel like I come to that conclusion faster than the general public. Uh-huh. Um, so if the general public is there, then it's got to be bad. Right. Although again, like I said, I've had little time to actually play the format, and like the few times I do, I'm like stuck in bronze because I just have no time to play. Right. So I'm not playing against the top tiers. You know, let's be real. Uh, and I'm not the top tier myself. So uh, it's about fair in terms of where I'm at. Right. But uh, but I'm sure that like when you get to the top levels. Like, if I were to decide tomorrow, okay, I'm going to grind to Mythic this season, um, I imagine that, you know, I would hit a wall where the wall was uh, full of elks. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, elk wall, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, wall of elks. I they don't should know. print that in an unset coming up. I really think that would be... I, <laughs> sometimes I'm curious, you know, based on the fact that um, Wizards has done nothing uh, to address uh, Oko. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I wonder if the only metric um, Wizards cares about on Arena is how many gems have been purchased. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it could um, be. And, I, and I'm not even saying that's a bad thing for them as a, as a corp. You know, I don't know what their corporate structure looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what they depend on um, for the success of the game or what they judge the success of the game on. Um, and specifically with Arena, I don't know how they gauge that success. Like, if it is players playing games or if it's, like, literally just amount of dollars spent in our store. You know what I mean? Like, they sure have introduced a lot of cosmetics and a lot of things that encourage players to buy more gems and spend them on things. And I think that, like, from there... They don't care what you do with it. They don't care if you put those sleeves on, like, a draft deck or a standard deck. Right. You know? Um, I really feel like, because, like, standard games are free, grinding to Mythic is, like, 100% free if you grind and, you know, use your wild cards correctly. Yeah. Um, it can be completely free. It's really surprising to me how uh, how little attention I feel is given to Limited lately i feel like limited is being almost pushed out of the game if that makes sense mm-hmm. um i like I, you know how many times you see players um posting their uh i got to mythic you know and you say make that little screenshot mm-hmm. and you see like mythic and then for limited it says exclamation point you have not played a single game of limited you know what i mean like right. you know how many times you see that right like that is so sad to me and like well, it's partly Sorry, arena though. It's partly because arena is it's bot drafting. Like you're not. It's not a real yeah. draft. Like people don't want to do that. And I think that's. But they are real games of limited when it comes down to sure. it. You know what I mean? You are still building a deck from a limited card pool and playing against other players right. who had roughly the same experience as you. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I know in a draft, in like a proper draft where you're playing against the people in your pod, you're going to get. You know, you're going to have a decent idea of what's in that pod and et cetera, et cetera. But honestly, I've never been able to like interpret that information too accurately when I play anyway. You know what I mean? I'm just like, focus on what you got, focus on what you see in your pack and don't worry about what other people have. You know what I mean? Like, you know, obviously, you know, if you open a bomb and it's not in your colors and you pass it, you know, the person to your left probably has that bomb. You know what I mean? Like, but other than that, like, I don't care what your archetype is. You know, I got to make my deck better. Right. Um, you know, uh, so I don't know. I mean, like, I wish, but it seems like, but also, you know, yes, it is bot drafting, but it seems like they're an 
absolutely no rush to correct that. You know what yeah, I mean? Like I there just seems so. like there's no motivation whatsoever to um, to take the next step into making limited actually viable um, and like uh, a, a, an accurate simulation mm-hmm. um, on arena, which is, which is sad. You know, um, they released that PTQ list where it was like, play, you know, stores from all over the country are picking their four. They can choose whatever format they want. And there was one limited PTQ in the entire country. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's, that's bad. It definitely looks bad. Uh, I mean, um, I've, but, I've never but, looked like, at it. But with standard being so bad right now, where do you go? You know what I mean? And that's right. why I'm curious. That's why I'm surprised that if standard really is as bad as they say, and if Pioneer is really like taking over standard uh, events, um, why aren't they trying to fix it? And that makes me think like if they're not trying to improve limited then or trying to fix standard uh, and they're only putting brawl in arena, I just found out one day a week. It's only available on Wednesdays, Joey. Why? That is that seems really weird, right? Like, shouldn't you just be able to like, play? You're like, whenever? oh, here's an exciting new format. Hope it's Wednesday. <laughs> somebody was like, basically, so they just banned Oko and Brawl, and somebody was like, okay, well, okay, so we've got the banned list for Brawl. Uh, the banned list is Sorceress Spyglass, Oko, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. <laughs> um, so, like, I don't understand. Like, so I mean, like, like. If they're not doing anything to fix any of the formats on Arena, that must be the only metric they look at, right? Like, well, you spent gems on on sleeves. Who cares what the formats look like? You know, I don't know. Um, But but we have – we've been talking about solutions to standard. That that are that go outside of banning specific cards. Yeah. Um, Tell me about the first one because I actually think that this is – ridiculous but anyway go on <laughs> well let's see it it, is, it might sound ridiculous but so did a musical about alexander hamilton anyway <laughs> um <laughs> i one of my solutions and i'm not how the, do you distribute a musical to, about alexander hamilton though what's that alexander 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 um the this isn't my idea alone. Other people have brought this up. In fact, I think Matt brought it up in our Discord, uh, something like this, and and I heard it. Other people mentioning something like it, and I was kind of thinking about it. I think they mentioned it on Arena Decklist's uh, podcast, and I think MTG Goldfish podcast might have mentioned it. But this idea that rather than banning a card or making cha- changing it via errata, uh, a lot of the, the comparison being made right now is so many other games, especially on. on mainly online games. Yeah, games can, that have no physical component. Go exactly. On. Games that have no physical component can release a patch. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just to fix a bug or bugs, but sometimes it's like, oh, this character or whatever element of the game is too powerful. We need to change it. And they essentially errata it via patch. They nerf. Via patch. Yeah, exactly. So we can't do that with a paper game because of the lead time. Like that's usually what it is. It's kind of like, okay, this card is a problem. If I design an answer for it today, when's the next time? When, when can we get this card into circulation in print? And it's like, probably not for six to nine months. So, so it's kind of pointless. Um, and so the, my thought process was, well, what if they could do this 
they can introduce a card into the format via what would I, I'd call it a patch pack. Um, introduce a card into the format on off cycles, not in another set, just released. It would have to be a reprint because this card would have to already have supply. That way they could say, guess what? Field of the Dead is a problem. Um, Field of Ruin is now legal and standard. So you can play it, and we will. We are going to print patch packs, and I don't know what the lead time would be on that, but those would be distributed to, to game stores, or you could order them directly from Wizards for free. This is just my solution to, to introducing these things into the format, getting, getting cards out there where they need to be outside of a set. And um, there needs to be an existing supply. And yes, I understand it sounds ridiculous to, to say something like, we're going to just print these cards up and distribute them for free. Doesn't just sound ridiculous, Joey. Um, I, is ridiculous. Well, hold on. I want to hear why it's ridiculous. I understand. Okay. My, my, but but I, let me finish real fast. I mean, I don't have much more to say. The, the idea is banning is like the worst case scenario for Wizards, except for like, you know, some kind of natural disaster that takes out the entire building and every file they have. But, you know, I mean, like in terms of making their game, banning a card in standard even, and that card being a chase mythic is absolute worst case scenario. Banning Oko, Oko being a problem, worst case scenario. This might be ridiculous, but is it worse than banning your face planeswalker when you could say X card that was printed in the last, you know, five years is now in standard and legal as of next Friday and we are going to flood the market with them so that as soon as we possibly can so that the price doesn't go nuts because everybody needs them. Um, also, you wouldn't necessarily be like, well, Oko is a problem. Let's print Jace the Mind Sculptor as an answer. Like, that's not <laughs> what you do. You pick a utility card, usually a common or uncommon uh, kind of thing to answer it. Now, I don't know what those card that card would be for Oko or, or anything. I'm just trying to make a point that you have thousands of cards that you've printed maybe there already exists some kind of answer it just doesn't happen to be in the format but by just declaring this card is now legal you've avoided having to ban a, a major player in your new set um and as far as like the logistics of printing packs and distributing that that part is just a suggested solution i'm not even really that's a whatever i don't i don't care my point being is being like you, you being able to introduce a new card off cycle is is the goal here and to do that it has to be something that already has supply they can't they can't print it quickly so it has to be something that already exists um and i I just think that's better than than the alternative of banning your your chase planeswalker in your new set strongly disagree here's a number of reasons why for one how much money do you think it would cost wizards to develop a, a a miniature pack that contains these cards or whatever uh, to print enough of them to distribute them to stores um, and, and and do it for free so not making any money back on it like how much money do you think that would cost them for one how much time do you think it actually takes for them to turn that around and get that to actually to print and into stores we know how far in advance they um, they do these sets before, you know how long they're mm-hmm. testing them before they put them out now I know that you know, but but also we also know that they finish testing these sets way before they go to print, and it takes forever for them to go to print and get to stores because of how long it takes for them to actually put out a card in another set that answers what becomes a problem. So, I mean, there is they could probably truncate that process a little bit, but it's not going to be that much. Uh, second of all. If we already agree that uh, Wizards only cares about the number of gems spent on Arena uh, and not the health of the game, um, they already have your money. Like, they don't care about banning Oko. I mean, first of all, banning Oko, like I said, is cheaper. And they got to 
pay someone money to design a pack or whatever. Um, if they don't like do whatever process it would be to get the cards into stores for free, you've just made Field of Ruin cost $25 on the secondary market. I mean, look at Manamorphos. It's a common from a set. It's been reprinted. It's like 20 bucks a pop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like... Um, it's ridiculous. Like, it's like one of the reasons why, like, it's like one of the prohibitive cards for me buying into, like, modern because I'm like, I don't want to pay $20 for a Mana Morphos. It's like a 25 cent card. But the market dictates what that card's actually worth. Um, and if, the, you know, you announce, oh, we've made this card legal, first of all, it sells out everywhere. Nobody can get it. Second of all, um, you know, when, they, when it does come back in stock, it's literally a field of ruin for 25 bucks, you know. Um, on the secondary market, which is ridiculous, and nobody's going to pay it, and that's going to make people angry because mm, we're always angry. Um, but second of all, or la- third of all, I guess, uh, let's say you're a heroin dealer, right? And you've got like this batch of heroin, and you sell it to everybody. Everybody's like, oh, heroin's sweet. And they come back to get more, and you sell them heroin, and they go and they go, oh, this heroin's weaker. It sucks. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to come back and buy more anyway because they're addicted to heroin. So um, it doesn't matter if you ban the card. Everyone gets mad. They throw up their, I'm never playing a Magic again. And then they're like, ooh, you going to F&M? <laughs> you know, like, we'd say that we're going to quit Magic, but it's always an empty threat. And they've learned over 25 years that it's always an empty threat, that we're always going to come back. So they can do whatever they want, and we're just going to keep playing because we're addicted to it, you know? Um I think they, I think you're like there's validity to a lot of what you're saying. I don't think it applies across the board. I don't think they want. I think they do lose players. It just doesn't happen to be us. They do, um, but they lose players and then gain players, you know? I mean yeah. like I think it balances out, you know. Um I mean they've lost some high profile players over the past year, mm-hmm. you know, or at least that we know of. If they haven't if they haven't actually gone back on that and come back and played again, you know, but they've lost players for a number of reasons. Yeah. But it's just like WWE you know what I mean? Like, wrestler will quit the company, but no one's bigger than the company. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no one player or even a group of players is bigger than Wizards, you know? Um, they will replace you. You are replaceable, you know? It's that, nobody wants to think that, but it's true. You know, we've there are so many players of Magic that, like, losing 100 because they're mad about Oko being banned barely makes a dent on the game yep. and doesn't affect their bottom line at all, you know, because most of the players that would quit because Oka was banned um, will are probably players that only buy singles. They probably only support the secondary market. They probably don't come to drafts. They probably don't, you know, they probably don't buy bo- booster boxes. You know, like they're not they're not putting money in Wizards' pocket. You know, if anything, Wizards putting money in their pockets from their placements in tournaments. Well, I mean, I don't know. You're, but, you're ignoring the fact that those cards do come from packs. So if I buy singles, that means the the person I bought from, you know, Star City or Cool Stuff or whoever, they have to buy those boxes. So the boxes are being purchased to, to right. for demand for singles, so it's but, still the same thing. You're still putting money but in buying a used buying a used CD from Soundgarden doesn't uh, affect the Billboard charts. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it doesn't affect that. I mean, yeah, somebody bought it somewhere, but then it could have been sold ten times down the line. Sure. You know? Like, it doesn't mean that, you know, um, it doesn't mean that you're actually taking money out of Wizards' pocket. It just means that somebody else is going to buy it. But then for every 100 players that quit the game because Oko was banned, you probably get 200 players that want to come back and play because Oko was banned. So, like, for every person that's happy about something, someone else is sad about something. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's just how life works. You know, we don't all agree on the same stuff. Right, right. 
you know, or we would have never had Donald Trump as president. But um, uh, anyway. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think I mean, I know there are there are certainly holes in the idea, but I'm trying to the, the goal here is to be able to introduce something into the format rather than banning something and i think just, that I, that I, idea i still think is is good and the, the logistics the idea go is good but it's logistically impossible um, like it, there's absolutely no way that it would ever happen and especially for wizards because wizards not going to print a card um when they could just get rid of a card and it doesn't cost them any money to do that right well i mean um, again this is a, i mean there are other solutions here where it's like okay then you charge for for it right like whatever you can order direct from wizards for a dollar and shipping, whatever, and then you get four copies of it, and something like that. Now they're making money off of it. They also don't have to design anything. They're throwing cards in an envelope. It doesn't. There's no design needed. You just reprint the same damn card. Maybe it doesn't have the same expansion symbol on it. I don't know. Kind of depends on. But then where again, you draw the line? Um, you know, then you get people demanding that other cards get reprinted. They're only going to put. They're only. They make the format what it is. You know. Um, you know. I think that the. I think that the real solution to that is to figure out a way because if they haven't figured out a way to sneak a card into a print run like if they haven't figured out like oh we need field of ruin in the format it's not getting printed till m21 let's pull it from m21 or maybe leave it in m21 but let's also put it in theros you know if they haven't figured out a way to get a card into a set faster Mm -hmm. you know then which they probably should have done multiple times over the years rather than do bannings if they haven't done that yet they're never going to you know, it's just, I mean, that's just the reality of it, unfortunately. I mean, I agree with the idea, and in theory, it's good. And if it were just on Arena, I mean, like, we'd be nerfing cards all the time. Right. Uh, just like they do with Hearthstone. But I think a lot of these ideas come from players who play Hearthstone and who have had this experience but haven't had to deal with a physical element and the logistics behind that, which I just don't think is, you know, possible. Right. Um, but these are, uh, I have a solution. Something, okay. Just, I'm, um, last thing. I'm just saying, yeah, so the, the idea, like you said, it's good. It's just the logistics of it. But uh, logistics, can be changed and I think it's still possible that something like this could be a solution if people work hard at it enough my solution might not be the best version of it but if if they could make the logistical side of it work I think that's better than banning so let's I guess I can I can leave it there right sure you disagree with the logistics right I disagree with the logistics 100% yeah got it I think it's impossible okay um so I have a solution to um standard banning got it what's what is it get rid of standard completely so here's the thing look and it sounds it sounds crazy right yes but, but I um love it. go ahead but like like what why are we why do we have standard anymore like how many more sets would you really need to to print up on arena to get this thing going not too many you know um not as many as modern you know not as many as legacy i mean you don't need to put modern or legacy or all those on arena obviously we would like that but if it's not possible or if it's just too many like you know too many hours of mm-hmm. work to try to make it happen fine but you know what we've got pioneer and um we can do that on pioneer you know now you know what else we can do is at this point um so okay so let's see so, so if we get rid of standard what does that say that says that we lose money on packs right um i don't know what else that even means i mean pioneer is the more popular format right now so um you have you have before when i because i thought about this back when modern was a thing or when modern came out you know, what if we got rid of standard? But then you have modern, you have legacy. Legacy is a huge barrier to entry at this point, and I think legacy is basically obsolete. I don't think that anyone cares about legacy anymore. I wouldn't be surprised if legacy stops getting any sort of support. Of course, I think I also said that years ago. But with another format in between, I think it's even more possible now than ever. 
um, I think modern is the new legacy, and I think pioneer should be the new modern. I think pioneer should be the new standard because so you lose money on packs, right? So then what you do is you make uh, you make limited important again. Right, so limited becomes a thing, and limited, you know, you focus on limited. Limited's fun; people will buy packs. Um, they've already proven that they're willing to put powerful cards in standard to make them available to older formats. That doesn't have to stop. You keep doing that, uh, and that sells you packs. Uh, but also, we've shown that Modern Horizons, like so, um, what am I trying to say here? So, Modern Horizons, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how many times have you drafted that? Oh, never. <laughs> how many packs have you opened? None. I have a box, though. <laughs> you have a box. I bought a box. But you bought a box no with no intention of ever playing it in limited, right? Right. Okay. Um, what is another? What is another set that nobody plays limited of? What do we always complain about um, every year? I'm, I don't. I don't know. About core set. Oh yeah. About okay, how okay. uncommons from core set wind up through the roof because nobody ever opens those packs. Right. So what do you do? You make core set like a pioneer masters and you heavily reprint stuff and you can just i mean look we have the data now look we can if you have enough data to ban something in two weeks you have the data to reprint something in a year you know so you just make you just go okay what are the best decks in ma in uh, in pioneer okay this 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 you reprint all those cards okay and like you just i mean you make a set that nobody's gonna draft anyway um and you don't worry about it being draft you just mm-hmm. make it basically chronicles for pioneer and you know what you're going to sell a ton of packs you're going to sell a ton of gems you know what i mean mm-hmm. and people are going to open those packs because people don't want those packs to play with you make it you know these people are all, want, like i i'm on board entirely with this like and, people like 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 because i mean corset essentially sucks i mean like look i hate i hate to say it because i actually love corset like corset has a really strong nostalgia feel for me but not for everyone you know, a lot of people think corset is stupid and pointless. Why don't we get rid of corsets? And they did for a while. People went, well, where's my corset? You know, so they brought them back. Right. Well, so the, here's the thing, a couple things, right? If you can make sets that, and without the restriction of being draftable, that's a huge boon, right? That's a, a huge advantage. Now you can just put whatever you want in it without having to worry about it being balanced and limited because nobody's going to draft it. Per point taken. I love right. that. If you're doing, doing it one set a year, that's great because you have three other sets a year that people can draft. The other thing and that, then, that you... Oh, yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm saying along the way, but like one of the things you don't do in those core, in those core sets is you don't put cards from like standard like blah blah quote unquote from the last like three four years you don't put like cards from the last three four years in those sets you put them only in new packs so guess what you know you want uh, Oko for for Pioneer you gotta buy packs of Throne of Eldraine I mean of course you right. can buy them on the secondary market but that doesn't change anything people already do that right. people who want to crack packs are gonna crack packs to get the cards that are Pioneer staples you can power up your formats you know what i mean like you can make limited good so people want to open packs to play limited um you have a powerful format so you can power up everything or at least you know not not necessarily power creep but just printing more powerful stuff you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like that that is in line with the stuff you already have from the previous sets that are legal and pioneer um and we're not talking about a million years here you know what's the earliest set from pioneer uh, Guilds, Return to right? Ravnica. Or Return to yeah. Ravnica, which was 2012. Right. You know what I mean? Like, um, we can't keep worrying about sets being too old to make, 
you know, because time keeps going forward. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you got to pick a point where you can go, okay, from here on, we're going to aggressively reprint. Sorry about your damn luck if you paid top money for these cards, but they're not going to be worth anything in two years. But it's only the last seven years, you know, moving forward of sets. You know, if they started reprinting Tundras every year, sure. Okay, I get that. But this is these are not extreme investments. At most, these are like $50 cards. Right. You know There's what I mean? Like that you're reprinting. Like right, that. exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the idea. And the, the other thing, kind of to go back to my point, what if you... What if the logistical part of what I was suggesting is is completely gone and you make standard arena only? Now you can patch the format easily by saying it's arena only. Field of Ruin is now legal instead of banning Field of the Dead. Here it is. You know, like it's just you can either you can just get it. I don't know if they want to how they want to distribute that in arena. But my point being here, you now have a patch, like a way to patch things. And standard exists on arena because that's what they've made arena for. But standard right. doesn't have to be a, a paper format. They can just say, you know what, we're, we're designing. And all I have to do is say this. We're designing standard for to be arena only. If people want to play standard tournaments like in paper, I guess that's fine. But and in that case, then, you know, kind of it's like it's almost it's not on them. If you say like, OK, we're going to introduce a patch and Field of Ruin is now legal and standard to combat Field of the Dead, then the paper tournaments are just going to have to live with it. It's kind of like we're not we're not designing for paper. So right. Don't worry. Right. You know, we told you. We warned you. Exactly. So now Field of Ruin going up to fifteen dollars is not a big deal or it's at least not something that a risk that people are. uh you know, un, unaware of. And so I think right. making arena, that also kind of, it just makes arena its own thing. And if people want to just play standard, they go to arena and they play their standard. And if arena, if standard is bad, they can patch it. And, and pioneer can be the, the focal point of paper formats and going backwards, pioneer and modern. Right. So, and then like you said, right. limited, um, I don't know. I love that idea. Um, you know, I mean, and, and, and I, you put Pioneer on Arena, obviously. You do. You do put it on. Well, that would I mean, be nice, like, yeah. <laughs> that would make you, Arena you, no, more you appealing. No, you have to. Yeah. If you're going to make Pioneer your premier paper format, then you got to put it on Arena, too. You know what I mean? Like, I get why Modern. Modern's a little more niche. I mean, it's not super, but it is. You know, mm. like, it's in, there is a bit of barrier to entry there. It is a lot of years of sets. So there is a, you know, it's not really the the premier format. If you standard is because that's what sells packs. Right. But if you make pioneer the set the the format that sells packs, then standard isn't. Right. Period. You know, like then there you go. You know, you've got you've got a format people want to play that is broad enough to allow for uh, you know changes um, like natural changes to the format. Um, it allows for. Um, you know, if a banning has to happen, it's because it's a big problem. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think it's just—I think it's just a better way to go. Yeah. You know, um, and I know it sounds crazy because standard's been a thing for a long time, but standard also wasn't a thing for a while. You know, like before before they made Type Two, there was just Magic. Right. You know, and and that was fine for a while. Um, and then they created standard, but just because they created something historic doesn't mean that they have to stick with it. <laughs> I don't even know what historic is. <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's the most pointless format I think ever created. That, that but to be fair, has it even actually launched yet? I don't think it's actually launched. I don't yet. know. It was standard until Throne of Eldraine released. Like it was identical to standard. So I don't know. Technically, right. it launched 
two years ago. Um, but uh, anyway, I, yeah, I don't have really anything to say about historic other than I don't understand why they did it. Um, why they created it that way if they were going to announce Pioneer. But anyway, we're, we're going over up against our wall of elks here at the end of the episode. Um, I think part of this stemmed, or at least we were both thinking along the same lines. I think I texted you saying, why don't I just stop playing standard if I love Pioneer and Modern so much? I might just stop playing standard. You know, maybe maybe we should just focus on pioneer and modern in, in on the podcast. But uh, and I said, I said, I'll do you one better. <laughs> what if wizard stops standard? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. So um, anyway, yeah, I think we just have a last couple of couple of things uh, to before we wrap up. We have this mystery boosters thing that was announced like back like a month ago or something. Um, and we're going to find out what it is this Thursday, November 7th. There's a sealed event at Richmond, and it's going to be uh, this mystery mystery sealed event. So you're going to open packs. You have no, We have no idea what's in them, what this set is. Speculation that it's Pioneer Masters has been shot down, although they could just call it something else, and it could have cards from Pioneer or, you know, to, to feed right. the, the Pioneer demand. Of course, it's hard to tell what the Pioneer demand is, you know, uh, when they're printing up these boosters. So obviously they had to have uh some other kind of thing in mind um they are building kind of a lot of hype around it just just calling it a mystery set automatically adds a lot of hype so i really hope it delivers because you you know it's it's like the scary monster in a movie right like the the, or the monster in a scary movie as i'm trying to say like when you don't show it it's a lot scarier but then when you show it and you're like oh that was it it was you know like (laughs) when it looks like bad you're like wow that was not scary at all um right so it i'm I'm hoping that this is uh actually something worth all the excitement um and we'll we'll find out this weekend in richmond i'm gonna be in richmond on saturday i don't know depending on what this is maybe i'm gonna play in one of these events um i'm i'm certainly highly considering it so um, I know Kenny is. Kenny said he's going to play in it with absolutely no yeah. like peaks at social media beforehand. So yeah, that's going to be hard because so he can actually go in fully surprised, which is really cool. Yeah, him and I are driving down Friday night, so we're going to be in the car for three hours, and I'm going to have to not tell him what mystery is, so <laughs> because I'm not holding back. I'm I'm right. looking at what it is as soon as uh, the information drops. Um, we've got a new pre-constructed unset called Unsanctioned, which you know I don't know. I don't really ever play the unsets. I don't have time to. I think they're great. But uh, but I thought it was interesting because Medina, John Medina tweeted, like, I'm kind of exhausted. That was one of his responses to this. And I felt like, you know, he's kind of on to something. And then just just so happened, like yesterday, I think Saffron Olive was tweeting, gosh, we get so much magic. And it's like, it's probably a good thing, but it really feels like you're just kind of in a daze jumping from format to format, from ban list to ban list. I mean, we said at the end of last episode that we were going to try not to talk about bannings this week. Good luck. Like, (laughs) we can't. I mean, not only because cards were banned in a format, but like, we're, we have a standard format that essentially is, is super likely to be affected by a ban on November 18th or whenever it is. I think it's November 18th. So, I don't know. Um. (laughs) But you know what, you know what would make people less exhausted? Delete a format. You, well, yeah, well, that, but also if you peppered all these release, all these releases they're putting out every year, you know how easy it would be to slip in a bunch of Pioneer reprints? I mean, that's... You know, like, like these cards could get out there very easily, and it would not be restrictive. It's only seven years of sets, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, um, but, like, there's a lot of ways to make it happen, but um, anyway... 
Uh, so we do have an interplanar beacon this week after not having one for a couple of episodes. Um, uh, but I, because it's it's topical, and I think if if everyone else is as excited about Pioneer as I am, um, we have a dedicated Pioneer podcast uh, right now. Um, they just jumped right on at the day of, of the announcement, I think, was episode one. Tannen Grace and Ross Merriam created Pioneer Cast. Um, the episodes already like um, they've, they're three or four episodes deep. Um, they just released an episode about the bannings. That's the one I'm listening to now, or I was I, listening to this morning. I, like it's I, it's great for Pioneer. Like two really smart players doing a great job. I like, think Tannen's a guild mage. I'm not sure. He might be. I, I can't remember. But uh, Tannen's awesome. Like I, I've known Tannen now since like. 2012. Uh, he was like a runner for one of the New Orleans SCG events that I was at, so I think that's where I met him. Um, but yeah, every nice. time I see him, great guy. Like I, I, I love hanging out with him. Um, it's been too long now, but uh, but yeah, and obviously Ross Merriam has a ton of uh, a ton of experience in this game and being at being like one of the better deck designers and, and tuners. And I mean, he uh, his resume speaks for itself. So I really uh, recommend this podcast if you like Pioneer. Um, check it out. Um, yeah. So, uh, anything you wanted to add, Joe? Uh, no, I think I've definitely talked a lot. Yeah, me so. too. <laughs> I mean, I've talked a lot. <laughs> uh, that's okay. That's kind of the point. <laughs> You're supposed to talk a lot. Uh, all right. Well then until next time, we're Yo MTG taps. Make them have it. <laughs>